All right, I promised you some more upbeat stuff. So naturally, we'll start with some obituaries. Well, like everyone else, we are very saddened by the passing of, uh, of, 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 of an important name in television comedy, Don Knotts. I think uh, the character of Barney Fife from the old Andy Griffith show is, is by all accounts, just, just an American classic. Of course, in this correspondent's opinion, uh, giving uh, giving Don Knotts five Emmys, if well, of course, Emmys don't mean anything, but Don Knotts got five Emmys for his performance as Barney Five. Andy Griffith never got a one, and I think he's probably one of the most underrated actors in, in the history of the, uh, of the theater and uh, television. And we would suggest that you rent A Face in the Crowd if you've never seen it. Uh, Andy Griffith just shines. Don Knotts shined for many years as Barney Fife. Uh, what can you say about the character? Uh, we do note that by the time he'd come to the uh, the Andy Griffith show, he'd been a fixture on uh, on television. Don Knotts uh, portrayed the nervous man on the street for the old Steve Allen version of The Tonight Show back in the 1950s. He was joined by an ensemble that included Louie Nye, who also passed away, I believe, last year. And Tom Poston. Tom Poston is something like 87 years old. I think he's still working actively in television. We've been promised him by our Hollywood correspondent Gail Murphy, and we're going to try and bring you one of uh, one of the uh, the great comics from the uh, the golden age of television, Tom Poston. Now, unfortunately, I'm a little too young to remember uh, the Steve Allen uh, version of The Tonight Show, but I do remember seeing Don Knotts as a comedic actor uh, on television, apart from his role on Andy Griffith, and he was a pretty funny guy. He would play this this sort of jittery, <laughs> jittery, nervous guy. Well, I believe at one point he was the world's most nervous tightrope walker. And I know I probably shouldn't admit this, but I do have a weakness for the old Andy Griffith show. I know it's the plots are incredibly simple, the pacing is unbelievably slow, but there's just something about it that is engaging. It's not an accident that it was America's number one show for like, I think, half the 1960s. Thankfully, I believe at one point, uh, eclipsing the, the horrendous Beverly Hillbillies. But I know a lot of you listeners out there are just totally unfamiliar probably with the program. It is on Nick at Night. Sometime, just check it out. If you've seen Don Knotts on like Three's Company or his later work, I, I just, I just, uh, well, how anybody could stand Three's Company, I'll just leave that one go. But at any rate, check out the early stuff. We're sorry to also note the passing of Kurt Gowdy, who died in his uh, winter home in Palm Beach, Florida at age 86. I, I was quite uh, amused, and you know, even though we're, we're talking obituaries, can can you can you contemplate Don Knotts, even his passing, without just you know chuckling at his body of work? I don't think so. But I, I love this story that Kurt Gowdy told Esquire back in two thousand and three, and I want to want to you know just read this to you, Gowdy. He's describing mowing his mother's lawn at like uh, age eighteen. The phone rang. It was the manager of the local radio station, Bill Grove. He says, Kurt, how'd you like to broadcast a high school football game tomorrow? We'll pay you $5. I said, I don't know anything about broadcasting. He said, either you do it or else my wife and I have to. And we've never even seen a football game. Remember, this was 1943. Everyone else was gone in the service. My mother said, go ahead and do it. It'll get your mind off yourself. He's moping about, of course, realizing he can't go off the war. He's got a medical condition. He's stuck in Wyoming. 
Anyway, the next day, she drove me down to a vacant lot nine blocks from my house. There's two goalposts sticking up and two soapboxes sitting out there. This is a right hand of God true story. All right, the players didn't have any numbers in their jersey. I says, you got a roster? They said, no. Next thing I know, they blew a whistle and kicked off. Well, I made the whole game up. I put guys in the game that I'd met, guys who I'd played basketball with. I finally got through it and went home. About two hours later, the phone rang. It was Bill Grove. He said, Kurt, you're a natural. How'd you like to do high school basketball games? In the end, it was the only job I ever had. You know, I'd go out there to do a Super Bowl or a World Series, and just before the game was about to start, I'd always think back to those soapboxes and that vacant lot and tell myself, Jesus Christ, Gowdy, what a lucky son of a bitch you've been. Well, the quote from the immortal Hunter S. Thompson, it appears that uh, Gowdy fell down an elevator shaft and found himself in a pool full of mermaids. Great broadcaster, Kurt Gowdy, and I, and I bet he was a nice guy to boot. You know, I, I was going to do some politics today, but we just, you know, we're not going to get around to it, except for this. We find on Radio Parallax that sometimes we get our best items by going to the foreign press. After all, uh, uh, well, we won't even get into the issue of the American press, but the following item comes from the Australian. And frankly, I think it would be much funnier read in an Australian accent, but tonight I just don't feel up to the task, so I'm going to do this in the American vernacular. U.S. President George W. Bush's battered image suffered another damaging blow this week with reports that his former top domestic policy advisor had been arrested for allegedly swindling two large department stores in a shoplifting scam. And no, I swear to God, I'm not making any of this up. Claude Allen, a prominent conservative who had become the highest-ranking African-American on the White House staff, resigned last month telling the president he wanted to spend more time with his family. But it emerged at the weekend that Mr. Allen had been interviewed by police in early January after he allegedly left a Maryland shop with goods he had not paid for. He was arrested last week and charged with two counts of theft that carry maximum sentences of 15 years in jail. Mr. Bush said he was shocked by the arrest. If the allegations are true... Something went wrong in Claude Allen's life, and that is really sad. Mr. Allen is a born-again Christian and a former lawyer who joined the administration in 2001 and was appointed domestic policy advisor at the start of Mr. Bush's second term. He often traveled with the president and sat with Laura Bush for the State of the Union address a few days before he resigned. According to police statements, employees at the Target Superstore in Washington noticed Mr. Allen putting merchandise in a shopping bag. He also had items in a trolley. I guess that's the Australian word for shopping cart. He allegedly showed a receipt of similar goods to the cashier, said he was returning the items and wanted a refund. Shop staff have alleged he was reimbursed for the goods he claimed to be returning, then left the store with other items he had not paid for. A police spokesman said an investigation uncovered 25 cases where Mr. Allen had obtained refunds from Target and other stores for goods he had not purchased. Police said the goods included a home stereo system, clothes, a photo printer, and smaller items worth as little as $3. Mr. Allen lives with his wife and four children in a $1.4 million home. 
At the time of his departure, Washington insiders speculated that Allen, an evangelical conservative, was leaving because he was unhappy that military chaplains were being forced to conduct non-denominational services. As a health administrator in Virginia, he once blocked welfare payments to a rape victim who wanted an abortion. In 2003, Mr. Bush nominated Mr. Allen as a federal appeals court judge, but he was rejected by Democrats who unearthed an old statement he once made disparaging queers. His lawyer, Malin Snyder, told reporters the shoplifting incidents were, quote, a series of misunderstandings, unquote. George Bush, of course, is under siege of late, and not just by, uh, from people of the opposition party, but from dyed-in-the-wool conservatives of his own party who are questioning his judgment. We have to admit the matter of who he chose as his top domestic policy advisor is not going to help his image. That's it, folks. We're out of time. This program was produced by Edward McMillan. I'm Douglas Everett. You've been listening to Radio Parallax. We will see you again next Thursday at 5 o'clock, where hopefully some of my fellow public affairs hosts will lend a hand to the program. We also hope to bring you Republican gadfly politician Pete McCloskey, who may be challenging Richard Pombo for his congressional seat in the upcoming election. Stay tuned. And uh, stay tuned for Todd.